Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby podcast. I am your host, Teresa Reese, and normally how we do it, actually, you know what? We're going to do it this way. We haven't done this in, what, a hot minute, maybe? So I'm going to read a poem from my book of poetry, and it is called A Strong Will Mind. Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry by yours truly, Therese Cerise. The poem is called Nobody Understands. It's so easy for you to judge me by focusing on negativity. I'm pondering on the possibilities of no one ever truly understanding me. For you to be on the outside, critically looking in, telling me all of the things that I should do differently. You don't offer me a helping hand, but you're always giving me your judgmental opinions. You are not available whenever I need you, but you always want me to listen to you. What is that about? And I'm the only one you're talking about. Behind my back, of course. Too cowardly to say it to my face. But when you see me, you don't mind being fake as if condescend as if your condescending attitude towards me will make my respect for you deepen. Not. As I erase this imprint from my mind and reflect on our past conversations, no one understands how I am starting to resent you. Not because of what you've said to me, No, it's because of the things you do. Instead of praying for me, I indirectly became your prey, P-R-E-Y. You murdered me with your tongue daily. And so today, I just wanted to have an open and honest and candid conversation as I welcome a guest, y'all have met him in the past if you listen to my podcast on a regular basis, and this is my 17-year-old son, Xavier. <laughs> Xavier, welcome to the Dear Future Hubby podcast. Thank you for having me. You're welcome, son. So, let's talk about it. So we're going to talk about uninvited opinions. Okay. Okay. So you let me, if you can, can you share an example (laughs) of time or maybe one or two times where someone gave you an uninvited opinion and how it is that you best handled that situation? Wow. Um, I've had a few of those situations. One that stands out to me in particular was, since I'm going to be a senior soon, um, I was looking at colleges, Mm -hmm. and I was planning on originally going to Canada for college. I remember. I wanted to experience it, Mm -hmm. and I had everything planned out, and I was telling everyone, Uh I went to Canada, told them the whole plan, and I had a few comments and opinions that were like, oh, well, I really think that... The schools that you're aiming for just for the best students and I don't think that not in a rude way I just think that you should aim for something a little more in your range are you serious yeah oh my god that is rude (laughs) so how did you handle that son um I stopped listening I'm very proud of you stop listening because I know I can you can do anything that you want to do yes Wow, I didn't even know you went through that. So that's another thing that I'm learning with y'all is that it's a lot that teenagers go through. Mm-hmm. Y'all go through a lot. You go through a lot. Y'all really do. And so you pretty much just, you did you just make up in your mind like, I'm not going to. Okay, so what do you think? I want to make sure I work this right. What do you think caused you to say, I'm not going to listen to them and I'm going to continue down this road. What, what do you think made you decide that, you know, just to kind of like tune out the naysayers and the negativity and just go for what you believe, you know? 
what made me do that was realizing that if I listen to them, it's just gonna stress me out and I don't wanna be stressed out. So it's better to just, when it doesn't suit the situation, ignore it. Yeah, you've been one of my greatest teachers when it comes to that. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I just, anytime that I'm in a stressful situation, and I, you know, y'all can pick up on your mom's vibe. You know, y'all know when I'm stressed out. And so what I love about all of you really is that y'all are in tune with me. You know, I don't think a lot of parents can say that. You know, I don't think a lot of parents can say that they're in tune with their children. But y'all pick up on. Pick up. Yeah, <laughs> y'all do. And it's like. You know what it, I mean, I think that that's a gift though, Xavier. Like, I really think that God has gifted me with beautiful hearted children. You know, Mm -hmm. I know because it's like all of y'all have that in you. You have that like my, just like, okay, I'm giving an example. Like today I was, (laughs) my food went down the wrong pipe, right? So I started coughing. It wasn't even a minute later, Ariana came in with a bottle of water. (laughs) She was like, you need some water, like, and drink it right now. (laughs) So, yeah, she just, I love it. I love that about y'all, that y'all just know when mom is, mom is not okay. So give me another example. I feel like I don't, look, I have a lot of examples. Mm -hmm. I can't remember them on the spot. I might have to hear another example. Okay, that's okay. Turn on my own examples. That's okay. So I remember the first time that I tried to do the podcast. Not this particular podcast, but when I just kind of ventured into doing a podcast. And I remember the person shall remain nameless. But I remember that there was... I had sent a snippet of the podcast to a close relative. Mm-hmm. And when I sent it, he was impressed. So he shared that snippet. And then he sent me the actual microphone of the podcast and said, keep doing this. So someone close to him as well, when she noticed that he had sent me the podcast microphone, she was like, it probably just cost him no more than $20. (laughs) And that crushed me. And I think the reason why it crushed me, first of all, is because that person was close to me. You know, I I really value their opinion. The second reason why I think it crushed me is because I was starting, barely starting. It was like a little bitty bud, you know, to live my dreams out loud. And so to hear someone kind of like minimize what I really considered maximum hurt my feelings and actually crushed me to the point that it took, I believe, over a year before I did this again. And so the second time that I did it, you know, cause you're always, anytime that you're dealing with a naysayer or a negative person or someone that really doesn't see you soaring, you know, yeah. they can only see you so far. Anytime that you deal with that, especially if it's someone from someone that you love, mm-hmm. that voice is in the back of your head, it even is. when you're trying to think outside of that, it you is. know? And so I had to literally, I had to, Although I heard the voice the first and the second time, I had to quiet the noise Mm -hmm. so that I could do what my heart desired, whether it was accepted or whether it was rejected, whether a million people felt the same way she did. You know, I had to make up in my mind, I'm still going to live my dreams out loud, you know? And so I I feel like that's one example that stands out. Did that help you? Mm-hmm. Okay, so do you have another one? <laughs> yes. Okay. The big chop. For, oh, you cut your hair? Yes, okay. for hair. For okay. people that don't know, the big chop is when you cut off a large portion of your hair and you decide to start all the way over. Yeah. For whatever reason. Right. So the big chop. Before I did the big chop, I had very dead unhealthy hair Mm -hmm. that was heat damaged (laughs) and it wasn't growing it wasn't moving past the length it was at for a good year right so there was no hope for it (laughs) you're like let's make that clear there was no hope there was no hope at all at all so i made up in my mind that i was going to go ahead and cut off my hair Mm -hmm. because during this time it was sophomore of my high school year Mm -hmm. and i did indeed want 
the original length of my hair to grow again like i wanted the original length that i had it before i cut it and i mm-hmm. knew that i if i wanted to do that and have it for senior photos which are coming up right i needed to make the decision to cut my hair mm-hmm. either have dead hair that would look <laughs> a mess in my senior photos or right. have healthy beautiful hair yeah that would look beautiful in my senior photos right so i made up my mind that i would go ahead and cut my hair uh-huh start over mm-hmm. it wouldn't hurt me to be bald for <laughs> a year and you're handsome by the way so it doesn't matter if you have long hair or short hair thank you, thank you. you're welcome and i'm not so, just saying that because you're my son you really are handsome <laughs> so i made it in my mind i was gonna do that i was excited i told uh-huh. all my friends i was like yeah i'm finally getting rid of it because for a lot of people and for me especially my hair is the source of my confidence right right so it was like it took me a while to come to that decision i was like oh i'm gonna cut my hair uh-huh. i'm so excited i'm gonna start all the way over it's gonna be so healthy uh-huh. i would think all my friends would be yes Xavier, especially since they know it's dead right it's not growing right it's terrible it's the best thing for me <laughs> right they're all like no <laughs> mm, no i just <laughs> I don't think that you should do that. Right. So, eventually, at first I was actually listening to them because they're the people yeah, that yeah. their opinions hold a little more weight than people right. who I don't I'm not know. so close to. Yeah. So, I really listened to them and kept uh-huh. the, the struggling hair for a while. And then after a while, I was like, <laughs> okay, no, what am I doing? It's literally, at this rate, I'm going to look jacked up mm-hmm. by senior year so i need to go ahead and make my own decisions if i'm gonna cut it and i know they're not gonna agree but i know it's best for me mm-hmm. i should just do it so i did it here we are two years later it's back to its original length yep. it's extremely healthy it the is healthiest my hair has ever been yes and i just recently dyed it and i love it so <laughs> it looks amazing and if i would have listened to them i would have never seen my hair in the state it's at right now right amazing I agree 100%. And I, I, you just brought something to my attention because I remember when I was about to do the big chop. And um, what I did, I sent photos to certain people to see, like, should I go for this or should I not? Part of it was because with me having the tumor in my brain, mm-hmm. I literally, people were telling me that they believed that one of the reasons why the tumor had manifested in my brain is because I was wearing relaxers. And so they, a lot of people were telling me that mm-hmm, they were telling me that they felt like maybe if I took the chemical part out of the equation, maybe I wouldn't get a tumor again. So guess what? That's been debunked because I haven't had a relaxer in my hair for, ooh, since 2011. So 10 years. And guess what? we still have a tumor that grew back in my brain. So the chemicals had nothing to do with it. It, it, Not the relaxer is what I'm saying. That didn't have anything to do with it. So yeah, we were able to prove that, you know, that little statement wrong. But I would send my photo the first time I did the big chop. I would send the photo to certain people just to get, you know, an idea of should I do it or should I not. And it was one particular person, which this was actually a positive because what she did when everyone else had like that question mark of, I don't know if you should do that. Are you sure you want to cut it all off? Are you sure you want to start from scratch? Girl, you're going to be bald, you know? Mm -hmm. And so um, (laughs) this one particular person, which her opinion held weight for me as well. She told me, yes, do it. And when I did it, this is the thing that I love about going natural is the fact that you create a relationship with your hair. You do. You know? And so it's like when you're twisting it and when you're washing it and, you know, blow dry, whatever it is that you're choosing to do, you it grows with you. You grow with it. And I love, like, I literally, I enjoyed having that process and going through that process because I was able to learn about more about me. And NDIRE has that song called I Am Not My Hair, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, Literally, I, I really believe that I became like me and my hair became one. I had a different respect for it. You know, yeah. um, I listened to it. I kind of even when I would twist my hair, I would just notice how a friend of mine at the time, she had made the comment. I had went to go visit her and she made the comment. She said, I don't even know if you're aware of this, but you were twisting your hair in your sleep. 
And I didn't know that I was, but I was like, that's crazy how I had learned how to kind of just, you know, nurture my hair. So I didn't even realize I was doing that for her to tell me that I was like, wow, like I was connecting. I was connecting to my hair. So, yeah, it's a good feeling. It's a really good feeling. Yeah. Okay. And so um, thank you, son, for those. And then let's talk about mental health. Do you do you believe when you I mean, okay, so first of all, let me know if you know what it means to be mentally healthy. I feel like I have a very. I have like a broad understanding of what mentally healthy looks like. Okay, so what do you think? What do you think? Just what comes off the top of your head? what mental health or what mental health is do you know that do you know what mental health is Mm -hmm. okay so then what um when you think about mental health what comes off the top of your head in terms of what it looks like to be mentally healthy versus what what it looks like not to be mentally healthy Um, you can give examples you don't have to give names (laughs) okay an example okay Someone who is mentally healthy might maybe look at life as endless opportunities and endless possibilities, possibilities, just the most positive outlook. And someone who is mentally unhealthy might see the complete opposite. Yeah, like wanting to end it all and what was me and... Yeah, as they have no reason to live or they feel as if, you know, um, so, yeah, that you're right. So those, that's kind of the difference between the two, because whenever you're mentally healthy, you have um, tools, you know, your tools, you know, the tools of, you know, what it is to get through certain situations, because life is always going to be tough. You know, what I'm saying there's yes. always going to be something that happens like not, you know, it's always going to be something that takes place in your life that is unexpected like death, you know, um, there will be times that one minute you have your highs, your really, really highs. And then the next minute you have a complete low. Whenever you're mentally healthy, you know that you can either consult with someone, you can contact someone, you know, you're trying to figure out a way so that that way you don't stay stuck when you're mentally ill, you may not recognize that, you know? So like, Anytime I remember, I'll give you an example. So, um, when I lost custody of the kids, so when I lost custody of the oldest three children, I didn't realize that I went through a season of mental illness because it takes a, you know, it took, it was traumatic. So it took me to go get counseling and therapy for me to realize that how I was thinking that I was coping with that loss and with that trauma was not healthy. And so my talking through it, my um, being able to compartmentalize what it was that I went through and the depth of that loss, that's what helped me to become mentally healthy. When we went, I don't know if you remember when we went to that certain church and we would do the whole single parenting, you know? Yes. yes okay. So with th- pretty much that was a tool. So where I was not aware of how to deal with the fact that I no longer had custody of my oldest three children then I went and I sought help it was spiritual help but it was still help and guidance on how to make sure that the same thing that happened to me with those children would not happen with you all so when you're mentally ill you may not even realize that you need help yes does that make sense yeah that makes sense and so, um, but when you become mentally aware and mentally healthy, then you're seeking help. And not only are you seeking help, you're applying the help that you've sought. So whatever tools that they give you, you know, you, you start to apply those tools so that that way you hopefully will have a better outcome. And so, um, so yeah, I just wanted to know if you were aware. All right. So let's talk about, you want to talk about your life choices? Are you comfortable enough to talk about that or you want to talk about that on a different? Because I feel like people need to know like our relationship, our dynamic, how, you know, a lot of people feel this way, but they don't know how to talk about it. And so um, we've been very we've had a very open dialogue. 
but if you don't want to talk about it, that's why. I feel like personally, right now, my life is not together. It should be. It's not. Right now, I'm, I'm still figuring it out. So. Good, though, son. But it, okay, so do you feel like even when you're trying to figure it out, do you feel like you have a. Do you feel safe? That's like the best way I could put it. Do you feel safe to be able to figure it out? Yeah, I feel like I'm in a space to be. I feel like I'm in the place right now to be able to figure it out and still be okay. 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 Well, now, would you tell me if you didn't feel like you were safe? Oh, yes. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just want to make sure. Um, and so, well, you know I love you. I think all my kids know that I love them. But I feel like our relationship, if we're just 100% honest, like we've had our ups and our, our downs. But one mm-hmm. thing I love about us now is that we both took time out to listen to each other. Yes. So speak to that. Like speak to when it okay, this is this is because I want to set it up for you. So that way you'll you'll be able to speak to the audience and let them know how it feels on both sides of the fence. Okay. So whenever you feel as if you are not being heard, how did that make you feel? And then how what was the difference when you felt like you were being heard? And then go ahead, you got the floor. <laughs> when it when I felt as if I wasn't being heard, I felt as if there was no hope of me being heard. So it was like, there's no, it was like talking or not talking. No, it was, yeah, it was kind of like talking to a brick wall. It felt like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the difference with me feeling like I am being heard is that it's just like, oh, there's hope. You know, like there's, there's actually hope. It felt, it made such a difference. It's a little more than I can put into words, but mm-hmm. yeah. So what do you think the change was? Like, because I know when um, Aaron and Tenaria were on here, I had asked them, um, what are the lessons that they've learned from their parents? Like, what, are, what is the greatest lesson that they've learned from their parents? And Tenaria said that the greatest lesson that she learned is that parents are adult children. <laughs> so when it comes to you, what is one of the greatest lessons that you've learned from me and your dad? That you guys are still learning, too. Yeah. Like every day you guys don't know everything there you go i mean but that's true though <laughs> you know it's 100 like it's 100 true you guys are learning just as much as we're learning every single day yeah so it's gonna take team effort yeah for us all to kind of be in that place to be able to hear each other right right and then how does it feel? Because do and I, it, I'm just asking because I think that is, I think it's real. I think that this is something that's real. Do you ever have moments that you feel like as a child, you are parenting your parent? Yes, all the time. <laughs> all the time. I always feel like, <laughs> I always feel like I'm parenting mom. <laughs> and that's why I say I love y'all so much. Because there's been times like I remember, boy, it's been a couple of times. And y'all are just so... What I love about, let me tell you what I love about you, Xavier, because I could tell each and every child what I love about them. But let me take a moment to give you your flowers. So what I love about you is that you have a heart for people like you genuinely care about the well-being. And even this is another thing that I've noticed because I've watched you even in your journey of looking for employment. And I've watched how you will put your you'll be in a situation that you don't necessarily want to be in when it comes to the employer. But because you've created such a relationship with your colleagues, you will sacrifice your peace of mind. You will sacrifice your everything, really, for the sake of making sure that they're good. And so little do you know, son. You got it from your mama. I know I got it from someone. <laughs> <laughs> but I watch you and I'm so proud of you. Not I mean in that arena, you know, I'm glad that you're starting to find your voice and be like, look, yeah. we can still be friends, but I gotta get up out of here, you know? <laughs> yeah. Because sometimes it can be it gets to the point where it's like I'm caring too yes. much about everyone yes. else and I'm not listening to myself. Yes, yes. So it trust me, I had to learn I'm forty seven years old, baby, and I'm just now getting to the point that I'm just like, wait a minute. How you feel matters too, you know? Yeah. So, yes, that's something that eventually you do end up finding the balance. I pray to God that you find the balance before, you know, way before I did. Because it's taken me this long. But what I also love about you is the fact that (laughs) 
There's been times, Xavier, that I know that you're just like, my mother, my mother, my mother, Lord, help my mother. But the way that you minister to me, even if I don't see it at the time, I recognize it. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. it's like you'll you'll do little things to let me know, mom, I love you. You may not say it, but they say that love is an action word mm-hmm. and your actions show that you love your mom. And so even when I'm not your favorite person, honey, because I know I'm not, I know sometimes <laughs> I'm not, but it's like, even when I'm not, you have a way of ministering love to me to let me know, I see you, mom. You know, I see you're trying. I see you're doing the best you can as a single mother. Let me help you. But you don't say anything. You just show me, you know? Yeah. So I just wanted to give, to get, take a moment to give you your flowers because I just need you to know, son, that that does not go unnoticed. And so, you know, you know, we have those moments where I'll sit down with y'all and I'll give you a heart to heart talk and I'll tell you what's on my mind. But they say that the middle child always seems like they're invisible. Mm-hmm. So do yes. you from <laughs> from your perspective as a middle child of the three youngest ones, can you speak to what it feels like to be invisible and then what it feels like to finally be seen? What it feels like to be invisible is it's like no one sees you. No one hears you. It's like you're irrelevant almost. But What it feels like to be seen, or what was that? Yeah, that was it. That's the... What it feels like to be seen is that every, it's it's almost as if you're sitting in a room of people who were, let's say you're on a drawing page or whatever, and everyone else got colored in and you're still sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> blank. <laughs> Just outlines, black and white. <laughs> um, it almost feels as if you're being colored in little by little and that everyone can now see you and you're a part of everything else. Yeah. It was like that. For the longest, I felt like I was invisible. Um, but then as I grew up, it, w- it was it was kind of funny because I kind of got used to being invisible. Uh-huh. So I was finally finding <laughs> peace in that. And then everyone wanted to notice me. <laughs> so all at then, the same time. All at the same time. But as I got older, I realized, like, I started to realize, oh, everyone does see me. And that you were seen all along. That I was seen all along. It's just that it. Okay, so one of the things that um, because remember we talked about that. Remember we talked about perspective. We had talked mm-hmm. about perspective. Do you mind if I share this? Because somebody can relate to this. I know they can. I don't mind. Okay, so um, when you were having suicidal thoughts, mm-hmm. and then initially when we talked about it, you were under the you had a perception of why this was the only option, right? Mm-hmm. Now, mind y'all, this is years ago. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But we're talking about it now because I know that someone can relate to this. Hopefully no one has tried to kill themselves. But um, right. Yes, he's definitely fine now. But when we went through that and you told me that I was going to come home, I may have came home and I would have had one less son. Mm-hmm. And what did I do the moment that you said that? Do you remember? You remember, Do you remember that whole thing? I don't. OK, so when you said it. I stopped what I was doing. Then I asked you, why would why would you make a permanent decision for something that was temporary? Mm-hmm. And then you literally told me that you felt as if no one heard you, no one hears you. And so you gave me an example. But the example that you gave me, you were comparing yourself to your big brother. And I was like, okay, let's put it in this proper perspective. When he turned 18, this is what changed for him. Mm -hmm. When he was your age, the same rules that applied for him applied for you. And then you were like, oh, yeah, because the perspective that you had at that time, (laughs) the perspective that you had at that time was like, mom lets him do more than I get to do. And it was like, uh, he's considered grown now you know yeah okay let me just clarify okay. at the time he felt like the world was ending yeah so it might sound like a boy vibe but at the time he felt like the world was ending for me cut me some swag and so we what did we do so we ended up driving because one thing that i recognized is that i don't have all the answers mm-hmm. i also recognize that i'm not a male mm-hmm. and i also recognize that there are some things that only 
someone more seasoned than me can instill in you. Mm -hmm. So we drove to your grandparents' house and your Nana had her individual talk with you about it. Then your Papa had his individual talk with you about it. And there were some things that he said. Do you remember what your Papa said? I remember all of it. Okay, so what your Papa said was, as long as you're not hurting anyone, because he wanted you to feel confident and living in your own truth, Mm -hmm. whether the whole world agreed with your choices or not. He wanted you to know that, first of all, nothing is worth your taking your life. You know, nothing at all is worth your taking your life for. That that should never be, you know, that option shouldn't be on the plate. Then he said, as long as you're not hurting anyone, live your truth. And so, you know, he wanted, he, of course, all of us told you how much we loved you, but it's like, he wanted you to know that he was available for you to talk to if he ever needed to talk. And I feel like there was a shifting in y'all's relationship because then when Papa started going through, you were like, if you need to talk, I'm here to talk, you know? So I just, I thought that was so cute. That still stands Papa. Y'all. So I think, you know, he loves you too. And so it's like, I, um... I just thought that that was a beautiful thing. I, I, I mean, I, the situation wasn't beautiful mm-hmm. because it's never a good feeling to hear your child say that they're thinking about suicide or that they feel like they're invisible or that they feel like, you know, how they feel and, and that no one understands my struggle. No one understands, you know, the fact that I'm having an identity crisis trying to feel out, figure out who it is that I am in this society, in this world. That's not a good feeling, you know? So, and I get that. I get that. Trust me, I do. I be, I feel like sometimes I've been rejected more than I've been accepted, yeah, if that makes that sense. You know? Like- yeah, and so I get it. I get it 110%. And so, um, so it's like, but I feel like once, and this is just me, you can speak to it if it, now, if it brings back to, if it comes back to your remembrance. But it's like, I really do feel like, first of all, that was necessary. I feel like that was one of the, monumental moments of our relationship because no matter how the enemy tried to play with your mind and make you believe that your mother didn't care and it didn't matter you know and the choices that none of that mattered there was a window of opportunity that could have been tossed to the wind or addressed and we use that for you to know And hopefully for you to feel that your presence matters, that you are significant, that your life has value Mm -hmm. and that we love you and that everything about you is why we love you. Like there's nothing that we would alter. There's nothing that we would change. Like you're enough the way that you are. And so it was a it was a very, um, you know, of course, as a parent, because I, I feel like we go through that sometimes as parents. And you'll know one day when you become a parent. But it's like, what I feel like is that we go through these moments where if we don't catch certain situations, we feel as if we failed at parenting. Mm -hmm. And what we're not taught is that parenting is a whole lesson. You're ever learning. You're you're not going to get it 100% every single time. It's a whole lesson because there's going to be different situations that present themselves it's kind of like taking a test, but you're taking a test daily. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, okay, did you pass it this time or did you fail it? Okay, well, then you might get a chance to retake it again tomorrow, you know. So it's like you just pretty much have to just go with it. Take your little, you know, your little notes or whatever and be like, okay, so this is what I'm not going to do the next time. But this is what I will do to make sure I get a hundred, you know. So it's, it's that's a part of parenting. And so um, I wish we were told that before we even get started. But that's kind of not how that works. <laughs> And it's, it's funny because I kind of realized that, which kind of let me start, it led me to start listening a little mm-hmm. more because I tried to imagine myself mm-hmm. if I had a child mm-hmm. and I gave myself a scenario like, okay, it's my child's first day of pre-K mm-hmm. and they're like, they came back and they're like, oh, someone just called me ugly. Mm-hmm. What do I say? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do I say to that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so I gave myself a little scenario and I had nothing, so... <laughs> I was like, dang, maybe I should come off some slack. Because <laughs> this is a, on a smaller scale. <laughs> I already failed. <laughs> you said, what do I say? You know, but that's... <laughs> I thought there's nothing to say to that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. 
that's a great example. That's a great example, son. Like what? Yeah, you're right. It's like every you just literally is ever learning, and we're not gonna get it right all the time. Um. So how do you feel about the challenges that we're facing with your big brother? Oh my gosh! Oh my goodness! <laughs> Lord have mercy. You know we love him, but how do you feel? Like how does okay? Because when I'm telling him that you have siblings that are looking at the choices that you're making, he's looking at me like, okay, your point. (laughs) 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 Oh, Lord, the joys of being a parent. So, especially a single parent. So, when it comes to the siblings, like, how does it make you feel? Because y'all grew up, you know, you've known them your whole life. So, how does it make you feel when you're watching some of the choices that he's making, how does it make you as a little brother feel? I, it used to, whenever I used to see him as a role model, um, it used to make me feel like, ooh, okay, that's allowed. I could do that too. <laughs> okay, noted. <laughs> um, but now that nothing really, I feel like there was nothing that he did. It's just I no longer, since I'm growing into my own person, mm-hmm. I'm no longer seeing him as a role model. I'm seeing my ideal self as right. a role model. So now everything he does, it doesn't. It bothers me, yeah. but it doesn't bother me as much as it used to. Okay. So I am, <laughs> it might <laughs> tickle me. It might be a, a little, <laughs> might give a little side eye, but... <laughs> Um, I feel like I can't really talk too much on that. So if he if he ever came to you and said, "Okay, let's let's talk about it, little bro," like you would just would you give him your honest opinion or would you just stroke his ego? I would give him his honest an honest opinion. Okay, yeah, because you know your mom has done all she can, so now it's just it's it's above me now. <laughs> I also like I feel like there's nothing I can really right. do either, so I, I gave up. <laughs> So for those of you that don't know, I have a 20 year old and, you know, one thing that I've learned, y'all have heard him on the actual podcast. And one thing I'm learning as a single mom is that I had to go through a phase of letting go. And I've done that. I, haven't I been successful with that? But then he came back. We were all so successful in letting go. <laughs> and then he came back. He came back, y'all. <laughs> In less than six months, he came back home. <laughs> and so we're trying to get adjusted to the fact that he is his own person. He's doing what he does. And it's just, yeah, because I have my rules and my regulations. And so um, it's been an adjustment. No tigers or bears have been harmed. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> thus far but it's just it's a it's an awakening it's it's truly an awakening and one thing i can actually speak to is that do you believe xavier so if we had future hubby in the home do you feel as if he would still be carrying on the way that he's trying to now do you feel like if a a male presence was present that maybe the structure of the home would be different like do you feel like me being a single mother plays to why it is he tries to challenge certain things. No. So you just really believe this is who he is? Yeah. I also, because I feel like Josh is growing up. He is. I know. He is. I know. So it's just, he's like blooming into this forest. (laughs) He feels as if he's trapped in this little flower pot. Yes. He's just, he's trying his best to break free. Yeah. So I understand both. I understand where you're coming from. I understand where he's coming from. So I feel like I don't think anything would change. Okay. So then, but I noticed how, because let's just keep it 100. Honey, you're about to be 18 years old. I'm about to be 18. (laughs) So when you see, okay, because I've, I've, I'm sure, Xavier, that I've dropped the ball somewhere about probably 50 times in raising y'all. But for the most part, can y'all see what I was trying to achieve? Most definitely. So do you believe that the way that you were raised with me being a single mother, do you believe that that helped to mold you into the young man that you're growing and becoming? Or do you feel like I hindered your growth? 
Yes, and it was a little bit of both. Okay. But I feel like once you, I'm, I'm a firm believer of everything happens for a reason. So mm-hmm. my answers are always going to be centered around that. Sorry. That's <laughs> <But> okay. <clears throat> I feel like if you didn't parent the way you would have, a lot of potential things would have happened. Yeah. Like a lot of potential things would have happened. So I feel like due to the way that you parented a lot of things didn't happen and we were able to kind of have this extra knowledge and extra safety and extra like all these extra tools Mm -hmm. to help us do a lot because I've I've seen a lot Mm -hmm. of my high school colleagues Mm -hmm. no names um, just fall off so I'm just like (laughs) if I was and I've, I've seen I've just seen a lot. And mm-hmm. I've just been like, if I was in a different situation when it came to parenting, that could have been me. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I tried to shield y'all from. I tried because people say you don't know until you have your own child. You know, mm-hmm. they, and, and it's true. But what I tried to do, and God knows that this is my heart. But what I tried to do is a lot of things that I was naive to. It's a lot of things that I fell prey to. It's a lot of things that happened to me because of ignorance, you know, because I just didn't know no better, you know. And some of it happened because I was just blatantly defiant. You know, it's like your Nana and your Papa tried to tell me, other people tried to tell me. And I was like, I think I know everything, so I'm going to do it my way. And my way was not the right way, you know? And so I tried to like give y'all the tools that I felt would be most helpful if something happened to me that y'all would still be able to overcome a lot of adversity, you know, because it's not, this journey of life is not easy. You know, it's a lot of hills and valleys, a lot of turmoil, turbulence. And so you, Literally, when they say only the strong survive, only the strong, survive. only the strong survive, you know, and I'm, it's crazy because I'm starting to see that at 17, mm-hmm. like I had to sit myself down for the first time and be like, I have a bill. It's mm-hmm. just a bill. Right. But the fact that I had to divide my money up mm-hmm. and I let's say I get paid a hundred dollars, I'm only able to spend ten. Mm-hmm. Excuse me? Right. It's <laughs> like, what do you mean? <laughs> yep. I can't get the rest of my money. Right. So it's just even though that's just like a like a small portion mm-hmm. of adulting, it still kind of hit me like, oh, this is gonna be what I'm gonna have to deal with when I leave this house. Mm-hmm. I'm angry, but <laughs> yeah, I don't, it's just, I'm somewhat seeing it now as so, I'm getting older. So how did it feel to you from your perspective when I was like, okay, you're working now. I'm going to sign a bill to you. How did that make you feel? I was mad. Mm-hmm. I was, I was so mad. <laughs> um, I felt as if I wasn't ready for a bill. But then I realized, like, looking back, I realized it's just I didn't know how to manage my money. Mm -hmm. So the way I was managing my money, no, I wasn't ready for a bill. But if I would have learned how to manage my money a little better, then, yeah, a bill would have been perfect. It's practice. Yeah. And that's what I was trying to show y'all. So what I was trying to show y'all is there's something about counting up the cost. So a lot of times when we're children, you know, we think that the number is going to make us an adult. So, oh, I'm 18 now. I'm grown. Mm-hmm. Mm. But there might be a car note. There might be car insurance. There might be a light bill. There is going to be rent. So if you're grown, grown, this is what comes with that. Yeah, you might be legally grown, but are you mentally grown? There you go. Like, come on now. There you go. So that's what I was trying to equip y'all with. I was trying to give y'all and say, you know, this and notice how. The same way when you turn into a certain age, then you got your checking account. Now mm-hmm. you're, you know what I'm saying? So everything that I was doing, I was trying to do it age appropriately. Mm-hmm. So that way I wouldn't put too much on y'all too soon. But I'm trying to give you a glimpse of what living independently truly looks like. Mm-hmm. And it's not pretty. They'll, you'll have pretty moments, but it's not pretty because 
with that one bill, you're like, oh my goodness, you know, it's just it's just one bill. There's right, so many more. Right. I was counting up the class the other day. I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> and they think seven twenty five is enough to sustain living. Right. There you go, son. <laughs> there you go. And then another reason why I was trying to like allow y'all to see, and I give you the liberty to be able to check out your different employers and all that. Mm-hmm. Is so that way you kind of have an idea. Y'all have seen me as an entrepreneur, but you've also seen me working for corporate America. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted y'all to be able to have a glimpse into mom is giving us choices because once you can stand up if you want. Okay. <laughs> because once um, you get into the real world, that changes some things, you know? So I wanted you to be able to see. I just wanted to give y'all access, if that makes sense. So that way, whenever you're making your choices, you can be, you can have something to pull from. That's part of having your tools, you know, it's like when you have something to pull from. So you have those experiences. Has my life been easy in front of y'all as I live it out in front of y'all? In, in no way has it been easy. But I'm hoping that y'all have been able to take some of those experiences and kind of put it in your toolbox that you can pull from it. Whether I'm in your presence or I'm not. So have I succeeded in that? At least? You have. Okay. Okay. We have (laughs) many of options. Yeah. (laughs) If working for someone else doesn't work out, yes, plenty plenty of options. Well, it's a cool thing. Yeah, I just I just want to make sure y'all, you know, I just want to make sure that y'all are aware that you don't have to settle, son. You don't have to settle. Because that's what we're doing right now. We're settling. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't have to. You always have choices. And that's funny because Ariana was like, so mom, can we move? (laughs) Ariana's so funny. <laughs> she is so hilarious. She's like, can we move? And I was like, Ariana, there's preparation that goes with that. But in her mind, which that's what I love about innocence. And, you know, the innocent child is that in her mm-hmm. mind, she's like, what's stopping you? <laughs> and the cra- you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and the crazy thing is, Xavier, like I have, when I'm watching her, I'm just like, that's what I love about innocence. Is because there's no boundaries. boundaries. You know what I'm saying? You literally, it's just like, I thought it. Why come we're not doing it? Yeah. I kind of miss being innocent. Me too. And not thinking (laughs) about anything, just doing it. Me too. I was so free during that time. So much liberty. So much liberty. I'm just like, oh, that's a beautiful thing. If you only knew. It's not as simple as me clicking my, you know, my heels and talking about there's no place like home and we're in Dallas, you know, it's (laughs) It's really not that simple, but I just think it's beautiful. And I, I, you know, I do my best to try to nurture that because, um, yeah, like you said, once we lose that innocence, it's like, Ooh, welcome to the real world. Yeah. Then you really get to see the world. It's not so pretty anymore. Right. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it is crazy. So what are your, because you are literally about to be 18 years old. So one of the things that I wanted to know, like, and I don't see you doing this. I really see that you're going to be strategic in your planning. Mm-hmm. I feel like what you do, and this is something that your uncle does too. Your your uncle has this quality. Y'all have that the same exact quality where y'all are observers. So you kind of watch someone make mistakes and then you're like, okay, so I'm not going to take that choice. And I, so I feel like when it comes to you, even when it comes to your education, even when it comes to when it is you opt to move out, I feel like everything that you're going to do is strategically planned. Am I yes. right or wrong? You're right. Okay. Because I was, I just pretty much, I thought, they always say you don't know your children, but I feel like I know my children. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so yeah, I just feel like you're going to be very strategic in your planning that you're not going to do anything outlandish. Um, I've seen a lot of people make so many mistakes that I think that I might actually, my plan is bound to succeed. So, yes, <laughs> had to tweak a few things. <laughs> Ooh, that's not right? Work. You start taking notes, like, hold on, let me get my little book because this ain't working. This is not working for them. So, yeah. let me scratch this one out and put this in. <laughs> I've served a lot of people. I'm very. But another thing is that I'm very introverted, so 
us introverts are gifted with the ability to just be observant. Yeah. And I just kind of use that to my advantage. I will watch yes. <laughs> like how everything is unfolding for someone else and decide that that's not for me or that is for me. Right, right. So, so as far as like a lot of people don't know this, but you can dance and sing. Yeah, I can dance and sing. Yes. <laughs> you have a <laughs> you have a song that comes to mind. No. Oh, you don't want me to put you. <laughs> you don't want me to put you on the spot like that. Okay, I won't. I won't. Okay. So what we also do here, Xavier, I always read a letter to my future hubby. So this is going to conclude the episode on tonight. I just want to thank you, son, for joining. I just enjoy when y'all when y'all grace me with your presence. I love it. So here we go. Um, this is dated May 26, 2021, and it reads, Dear Future Hubby, Today I had a moment. Let me tell you about this moment. There I was minding my own business when I thought of you, when a thought of you popped in my head. Yes, you. And guess what I started missing? Let me pause. You may be thinking at this very moment, how can I miss what I've never had? Glad you asked. Now let me tell you, I started missing pillow talks. Without you going too far down memory lane, don't you remember having pillow talks? Sort of like having a slumber party for a party of two, where just you and your significant other have the audacity to dream out loud together. I saw that for you and I, and suddenly I started missing pillow talks. Or if you and the other person expressed a concern or the other person expressed a concern, how you would use pillow talks to talk about it and come up with a solution together. Yeah, this is something I hope you and I will incorporate in our union, pillow talks. And one of the sweetest things to do after we've dreamt together is cuddle. I look forward to those priceless moments with you. I know they are coming, but until they do, I will continue to think on those things that are our true, of virtue, of good rapport, and dream about our life together someday until that beautiful day comes into fruition. I love you. Love, Teresa. So this is going to conclude my episode on tonight. I hope that y'all have the most amazing morning, afternoon, or evening whenever it is that you hear this episode. But please do me a huge favor and take care of yourselves because there is only one you. Signing out, your guest, Xavier Reese <laughs> Shepherd and Teresa Reese. Y'all have a blessed one. Bye.